Hello and welcome. It's the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese here with you solo for the next hour. And to all those listening on the podcast, thank you very much. We love you. You know who else we love? And he's here. He's he's bright and early. He's always ready to go, and that's what I love about it. It's Adam Rank from the NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm I'm a mixed bag of emotions today. <laughs> Why is that? I've, uh, well, no. The the good news is uh, last night. I'm going to brag a little bit. Okay. I want all of I want all of Canada to know. Sure. I was the uh, the American Youth Soccer Organization for our region, Huntington Beach, California, Coach of the Year. Excellent. For, uh, Way for to girls. go. Six, eight, it. and ten. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, it kind of helped the sting that uh, Shohei. Actually, that's the, that it is the most important thing. Like things like Shohei Otani uh, going to the Dodgers don't really matter as much uh, when you when you do stuff like and you participate in youth sports and everything. Anybody who knows who, who's involved in teaching or anything like that knows what's really important. But I will use that to segue to uh, to uh, to the to the blue Jays. Cause I was, I was talking to Ken uh, a Monday night as we do, or Tuesday morning, whenever uh, you might have viewed that. And I was, I was thinking about this Otani thing. It's so clear to me that Manfred pulled a David Stern. I, you will never convince me otherwise. This has been orchestrated by MLB. I tr- firmly believe in talking to people. Nobody will confirm this for me. Nobody like, this is more my speculation. And people are like, man, might be right. Um, is that the the MLB saw that Otani was going to sign with the Blue Jays, and we're like, Nah, dude, you're not you're not going to Canada. We're not we're not doing that. I know that we stole Gretzky in '88, but you know what? We're not a, we're not allowing Otani uh, to go to Canada. You got to go to the Dodgers. Here's you know basically a billion dollars, all the money, so you can bring all your friends in, and it's just ridiculous to me. And now I'm now I'm dour again. So it's funny that you mentioned that because there are plenty of people across Canada that think that there is a vendetta against the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, there was a there was a theory that Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins were brought in from Cleveland to completely tank the organization. <laughs> that was a thought here. Now this is on a, an entirely different level. I very much enjoy a, a good conspiracy theory. I think that right. they are part of what makes the world go round. Um, I do believe that it was closer than people will give the Blue Jays credit for because now here oh, and, and I, this I think and the I company think that, would, I, the company I think that, if he ha- go ahead go ahead. go ahead no go ahead go ahead I think that if he was just allowed to pick his team he would have picked the Blue Jays but I think that MLB was like nah I don't know now you got to go to the Dodgers yeah stay, I, in, the, stay in LA you yeah do that and there listen I'll be fully transparent and everybody knows this that's listening to this is the company that owns this radio station and the other two radio stations that we are on also owns the Toronto Blue Jays. I make no bones about that. Um, so the, the criticism will be there. Oh, they didn't want to do this. They didn't want to do that. I believe the reports out there that they had the same offer for Shohei Otani. I believe that that was on the table because that was a big business deal. There's no question oh, yeah. about it. You make your money back hand over fist and that's not even a question so i I mean i i think there's some validity to what you're saying i I certainly here's the thing there are things in the world that we know imagine what we don't and that's (laughs) where i go to and say listen 
this is entirely possible. I, I don't rule anything out anymore in this world, Mr. Rank. I think that anything is on the table. And I believe that there is at least a chance that there's some truth to that. And I will tell you, uh, my, I don't know. I don't know that I'd ever investigate this, but I remember I was working as a reporter when Stan Kroenke took control of the St. Louis Rams back in the day after Georgia Frontieri passed away. Now, people have to remember, I, I'm sure that nobody knows this story, but I will just go through it kind of briefly. Shad Khan, who currently owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, had a deal in place to purchase the St. Louis football, the, the Rams, the, to purchase the St. Louis Rams. Georgia Frontieri had passed away, and the very last day, because Stan Kroenke was a minority owner of the team when he could come out and be like, oh, no, no, wait, hold on. I'm going to own the team like that. He pulled the rug out from under Shad Khan that day. And then immediately when that happened, I guaranteed I was uh, working for the Orange County. Actually, I was working for the I was still working for the NFL, but I also had a job with the NFL uh, with the Orange County Register in California. I said, I guarantee you he's moving them to Los Angeles. He's a real estate broker. He's going to end up moving them back the whole, like you don't buy, you don't take over a team like that without spending that kind of money without wanting to move it to LA. And then a couple of years later, he bought a plot of land in Inglewood where SoFi stadium now sits. And I'm like, he's totally moving the team to this plot of land. It was like, Nope, you're crazy. He's going to build a Walmart there. I'm like, you guys are insane. <laughs> That's a big Walmart. <laughs> That's a huge, like, there's no way. Like, and I remember this guy, Bernie something who worked for the St. Louis post dispatch. I saw him in a super bowl. I'm like, I hope you, he's like, there's no way he's like, you're way off. I'm like, I'm so on base that I want you to give me a million dollars when this happens. He's like, okay. <laughs> and then uh, that guy's never talked to me again, but because <laughs> he owes you a million dollars, he owes me a mil. Uh, and I know that people think I'm crazy sometimes. And I'm like, I, I come off like a lunatic. I understand this, but I'm like, I guarantee, I don't guarantee, but like I would be willing to wager the, the million dollars that the, uh, the, the St. Louis post dispatch guy owes me that, uh, Otani to the Dodgers is a backdoor deal from major league baseball that he would rather have played for Toronto. He doesn't like the big city lights, which is why and I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things going on and knowing people who work with Otani, um, who has pitched people who I know who I've, or who are connected. We're like, yeah, you don't want to play for the Dodgers. That's, that's not something that he wants to do. And the fact that, and everybody, it's funny that everybody's like, well, his deferral show that he's, not about the money. I'm like, he's still getting the money. Yeah, it's, like, not, it's not like he's no, not taking no. it. If if Otani was making just two mil per year and not taking money, that would show me he doesn't care about the money. Oh, he cares about that money. He's still getting 600. Like, I think he's going to eventually own the team. Like, I truly <laughs> well, believe. He'll be, he'll be able to buy a, at least a portion of it by the time it's all said and done. And that's the thing that bums me out the most is like, well, then why couldn't you have done that for the angels? Like it would have like just been like work the same deal for the angels and let Yamamoto go there and then let them get uh, Glasgow and all those guys. And, but they're like, no, nope, the Dodgers are our franchise that we care about. And that's the same thing. Like with the Mets, like why the Mets will not be allowed to have nice things either. So it's, you either have to be a Yankees or, an, or a Dodgers fan. And the rest of us, we're just mid card jobbers. Like, the Yankees are John Cena and you know, the, the Dodgers are Roman reigns and we're just here filling time on raw just until, you know, we get to the main event. I was trying to think of a good jobber that we could use there. Like, I mean, you can't even use gold dust. Cause that would be a, I would say well, that would be a very kind of like, disrespectful thing. Like the, the Braves are Kofi Kingston where sure. they're like, Hey, we'll allow you to win the title once. Yeah. 
and then you're never heard from. Okay, again. so we're Gangrel. That's who we are. No, you guys have won a title, but it was a long time ago. You were like, um, I don't know. You know, I will use that uh, because I really, this is tr- truly one of my favorite wrestlers is Edge. Mm-hmm. Where Edge was great and he had great rivalries. And I thought that, you know, his rivalry with Cena goes underrated. A lot like that. Like, yeah, you know, like really good. And then you see the Blue Jays and you pop for the Blue Jays. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's you guys, fair. Whenever the Blue, whenever the, listen, whenever the Blue Jays come to town, I'm typically there for all three of the games, or at least two of the three. Number one, because I love listening to O Canada. And number two, you got Vladdy. So I, Vladdy Jr. So there's a that's a it's a team that you pop for for sure. Yeah. But uh but the uh but the Vince McMahon running the uh, MLB <laughs> is not gonna let you run with the title. I'm sorry. No, uh, they are the Dodgers and the Yankees are the corporation. Um okay, so on to some football talk. So we, you talked about oh yeah, you talked about oh yeah, that's bored. Uh you talked about moving the Rams in that story. Um listen, we know that the NFL has gone international. We've seen games in England, we've seen games in uh Germany now and we've seen games in in Mexico as well now it looks like the NFL is going to Brazil that's going to be the next international market big market that one okay fine sure Um, but how do you think the players feel about these games because in reality the NFL makes so much money in North America they don't need South America they don't need Europe to continue to be this massive business entity so with that being said like how do you think the players view these games like I got to go to Brazil for one game it's not like I'm going out and having a vacation like I'm going there this is a business trip how do yeah. you think they feel about that? Because I can't imagine that they're super stoked about, you know, going to a place where you don't know what the turf is like, although a lot of them play at MetLife. So that's, you know, I guess uh, it's, it's not right. really, the, it's, it's not really great, different, yeah. um, but they're going to a different place. They're going to, a lot of these guys don't even have passports from what I like, not a lot, but there are a few guys oh, that don't no. even have passports because it's like, well, I play here. I don't have to go anywhere else. So why do I need to do this? No, I, I agree with you. And it's, it's interesting. It depends on the team that you play for because some of them, you get a, you get a little bit of an international experience where you get a, you get a, you fly in a couple days early, perhaps a week early and you go out and you get to be, and you're able to check some things out. And there are some teams that are like, we're flying in Friday morning or whatever it is. It's like, we're going to the facility, we're practicing, and then we're going to the game. We're going home. So I think it depends on the team. But a lot of times with things like this, with international games, with the Thursday night games, I put out a tweet the other night when we had two games on Monday and I said, can we just, let's, let's get rid of Thursday. Yeah, I agree. And let's have two Monday night games. Like that's, or let's have a Saturday. I, we've probably talked about this before because it sounds like something that you and I would really get into. The stuff that players don't like are, which fans might enjoy, but the players do not like. It's interesting because a lot of them don't want to travel internationally because it's a it's a it's a weight traveling. Just being in a plane for that long is kind of a drag. And I don't think the people understand how far away Brazil is because they think it like it's not like flying to Alcapulco. Like it's far. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a couple, down there. <laughs> it's a it's a couple of time zones ahead. Like I think people were thrown off during the World Cup a few years back. Like oh wow, why is why are the games so early, especially here on the west coast of of the United States, be like, why are the games so early? You're like, Brazil's way ahead of us. Like it's ahead of New York. Like it's not, it's not, it's not even with New York. It's like in the ocean, so to speak. So I think for all those reasons, like players don't like it, you know, and, and I I don't blame them. You know, there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot to ask. And there's, there's so many commitments that with Thursday night football, with the international travel, 
And, and again, I'm sure that this is something we've talked about, but like there needs to be multiple bye weeks you need like spread it out because obviously the NFL is intent at some point having the Super Bowl be the kickoff to NCAA conference tournament basketball, which leads to March madness like this. We will start owning the entire month of February at some point because number one, we can't let the NBA have anything nice and uh, we got to continue to dominate the news cycle. So I think the, I think what the player's biggest gripe is, is like, we need a little bit more, you know, like time off, like the, the, the games should be tailored around bye weeks and there should be extra bye weeks or the mini buys that you get. And I think the players would be more agreeable to it. I mean, it's like anything else with your job. Like sometimes, you know, we all have jobs that, you know, sometimes allow us to travel someplace and it might be someplace exotic. It might be someplace the next County over, but you know, sometimes it's really cool and you get a lot of freedom, but most of the times you don't. So I think that the players uh, will not enjoy this unless it means more money. Well, and uh, and that's got to yeah. be. I mean, well, we know about the the players' union with the uh, with the NFL. There's just such a discrepancy between the highest paid and lowest paid guys. So that's part of the problem. Now, uh, we talk about going to uh, Rio de Janeiro, or if, or if you want to go to Sao Paulo, whatever. From New York is a nine and a half hour flight. Oh my god! So that's yeah. yeah, that's not insignificant. I mean, even if you're going from Florida, so it's what a seven and a half hour flight. Okay, great. Still significant. This, yeah, this uh, this sounds not very good. Um, speaking of not very good, I feel like we see way too many teams that are just kind of not very good. And when you look at the AFC playoff race, the NFC playoff race, we are rewarding mediocrity by having another team in the playoffs with the seventh seed. But having said all that, have you seen a more interesting, more insane playoff race than what we're seeing in both the AFC and the NFC? Because even your Chicago bears are one game out of a playoff spot when everybody thought that they were dead in the water. Same thing to be said about the New York giants led by NFC player of the week, Tommy DeVito, by the way, his agent will join us in the next block, but, but like, have you, do you remember a playoff race like this? Because the NFL set out to make this interesting. And while I don't love mediocrity, I watch bad football all the time and you, and I'll, I will sit through it, but this has been, dare I say, great for the sport. No, it, it really is interesting. And it is fun for all these. It, it It's interesting because, you know, the bears are a game out of a, a game back in the, in the win column for the seventh seed and yet they're the number 13 team in the nfc like it's crazy like and it's so cool too because like in the afc you know you're looking at this and like you know the two teams that are uh like it's the steelers like the steel we've watched the steelers uh that's not a good football team and they're they're the sixth seed and then you got the colts and then you've got some teams that are playing some some decent football. Like the Texans have been fun. Obviously they lost to the jets. A game I predict, by the way, yes, wasn't I, I on this show? Yes, you last- did. I forgot to give you your flowers for that because that was an incredible pull. And you had the, the giants in the Monday both. nighter too. I'm the pr- New York I'm proud sweep. Of you. I'm proud Thank of you. you. I'm proud of you. I, I will tell you, and this is what you do when you do game picks. And uh, whenever you're on the fence of something, I kind of, I don't cheat. But I, I do know, like I was sitting there and I was like, Hey, I go, um, there's a guy who puts a lot of this together. I'm like, nobody's picking the giants. Are they? Cause I was convinced. I'm like, the giants are winning this game. Once the Packers won on Sunday night, I'm like, that, and they started crowing trap game, Matt, Laf- trap Matt game. LaFleur being 16 and zero. um, 
Matt LaFleur being 16 and 0 in December. I'm like, well, that's no, because they lost to the 49. I'm like, oh, he lost in January. I'm like, oh, you got disingenuous fools. Um, so I'm like, a Giants for sure. And then I asked him, I go, is anybody, I go, is anybody picking the Jets? And he was, he went and looked. He's like, actually, no, nobody's picked the Jets. I'm like, I kind of like it because Zach Wilson, this whole story with Zach Wilson being like, yeah, I don't want to play, bro. Like, no, you guys, no, I'm not going to the prom with you now. Um, I love that for the Jets. So I'm like, I think that happens. Uh, I didn't, I didn't predict 30 points, but I'm like, okay. I did pick seven for the, for the Texans. They had a bunch of injuries. The one I was sore, I, you know, me, like we've talked about this and you've admonished me for being so, so, uh, so into the dolphins. You're like, rank, you're completely mistaken on the <laughs> dolphins. And I'm like, I even thought about, I'm like, a Titan, like, oh, the Titan. I'm like, no, no, no. I go, I like the dolphins too much. So I, so I. got that one. So I got that one completely wrong, but it's interesting because you look at like, you know, the AFC for all the bad teams in the NFC who are, you know, on the bubble or still in the mix, so to speak, the AFC has got the Texans who are playing really well. And if it weren't for injuries to like Nico Collins and tank Dell and players like every that, good offensive be, player, they have every, <laughs> their line is banged up, but you got the Broncos who've been playing great football. You got the Bengals. Uh, the bills are the 11 seed and then it falls off. Then it's the chargers and nobody cares about them, but yeah, so there's some good teams that are still in the mix, and I think the most interesting part of the AFC. So the NFC is like the NFC is like what bad team's going to make the playoffs? Yeah, and who's going to be that seven seed? Because if if San Francisco ends up being the two seed, like that's going to be such a drubbing in week yeah. one. Like that's here's gonna, your prize. I, <laughs> please, first of all, I want the Bears to make the playoffs. I'm not one of those fans who are like oh, we're better off tanking because that's the dumbest. Well, well they're thing also ever. still like, going to have the first pick anyway. Wait, so. that's what I gave. I go, we got the Panthers tanking for us. We're fine. Let's go win football games and, and enjoy life. So you look at all that. And, and, and so for the, for the NFC, it's like, what bad teams making it? And please let it be the Packers going to San Francisco. I will, I will sacrifice the bears not making the playoffs. If it means the Packers have to play that opening round game against San Francisco and San Francisco beats them by 40. And then you look at Jordan Love and you're like, oh, God, this is our quarterback for the next decade because he's too good to get rid of, but he's not good enough to win anything, which is exactly the quarterback we were hoping he was going to be. He's like kind of a better version of Mitch Trubisky. But in any event, the AFC is truly the story for me of like what good team is going to get left out. And it's it's so interesting to me. I like the Broncos. I think the Broncos probably win out. So I think the Broncos are going to sneak in. The Bengals, I think Jake Browning is is a lot better. The thing about Jake Browning is like nobody remembers like how good he was at Washington. Like when when you think of the hype that's been going around for Caleb Williams or Drake May or somebody like that, Jake Browning was better than those guys were during his first few years at Washington before he suffered that shoulder injury. And now he's starting to find himself a little bit. And I'm not saying he's ever going to replace Joe Burrow or anything like that. And listen, he might just be a high-end backup for the entirety of his career, but he's been playing some great football. And I, you know what? I'm, I know that we've said on this show that uh, I haven't been sold on the bills and their Super Bowl windows closing and all this stuff. I'm so into the bills right now. And it's all because Patrick Mahomes was out there. Just, just couldn't, just couldn't give Josh Allen his moment mm -hmm. of like, Hey, winning a game in, in Arrowhead or whatever. And, uh, he's got to sit there. I hope the bills just now, I mean, despite their coach, but I just hope the bills go and win out and, uh, get another opportunity for the, for the chiefs. Although, um, 
I'm not sure what what the officiating would be like in that one. If it would be a Nick Patrick situation, but <laughs> I um, I really I love it. I do. But you're right. Like it's not like listen. Great football is no longer going to happen again. I think we have some elite teams. Uh, that's not fair. Like the Ravens, the 49ers, the Cowboys, even the Eagles are better than people think. Um, I think those four teams are good and it'll be interesting. It'll be, it should shape up. The, everybody else is just kind of like, eh, okay, it's, it's a Royal rumble where you're not sure who's going to win. Uh, not like this year's Royal rumble where we know CM punks winning, exactly. but just a Royal rumble where it's like, Oh, like who could win? There's a lot of different things. So I agree. That was the longest even for me, who gives like <laughs> long-winded answers, that was a long-winded answer. But uh, I'm with you. I love it. I I, I think it's great. Um, I would just like more bye weeks for these guys. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's great. It is fun. So uh, the Bills thing is really interesting because if if Miami loses one of the next three games and the Bills win their next three, Week 18 is for the division. Never yeah. thought that we'd have had that conversation three weeks ago because I was already writing their obituary as a fan, um, yep. which I should have been because they were horrible. Um, there is a team that is of interest to me because I feel like some people are getting ready to write their obituary because the last three weeks has been super unimpressive. Uh, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they still are. I mean, they dropped to the fifth seed in the NFC, but we know that they have a, a pretty soft schedule going forward. The defense has allowed 34, 42, and 33 points to the Bills, Niners, and Cowboys. Are they a severe, and the offense really hasn't been good outside of the Bills game, which the Bills kind of handed it to them anyway. Um, are yeah. they a severely flawed team right now, or are they just going through something? And namely, Jalen Hurts is more hurt than we're led to believe. Yeah, I think they're just kind of going through it. And uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, is is injured. It's, it's interesting because... Coming into the season, I was doing my fantasy rankings and I had Jalen Hurts as a tier two quarterback fantasy wise, not as like, he's not a good quarterback, but like, fan, I'm like, everybody's like, why don't you think he would be a good fantasy quarterback? And I'm like, they can't let him run the way that they did last year because number one, it opens them up for injury. You've got AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, you brought in Deandre or Devonta Smith and Deandre Swift. They got way too many weapons. Like you can't let Jalen hurts continue to do this. So I always kind of felt there was a mistake that as fun as it is to see and as unstoppable as the brotherly shove is, it really does a disservice to him. And now we're starting to see it and he's not, he's, you know, he's battling through some things. And so hopefully that they can rectify that. And, um, and you know, you look back you're like, I hope it was worth it. You're the five seed now. Um, I really do believe that they can get back on track and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't read too much into it. Like for me, when you look at the lions and you look at the way that they've played over the last couple of weeks, like the bears have absolutely dominated them in two games. They were fortunate to split, but they, they've been dominated by them. The, the Packers really took it to them on Thanksgiving. They escaped with one against the saints, but I think that's a team where you look at and you're like, yeah, they're, they're a one and done candidate. The Eagles, to me, I think it'd be a, a huge mistake to overlook them. And I think that, you know, given another opportunity to go against the Cowboys or the 49ers, I'm not sure that I would pick them, but I don't think that they're as, they're as bad as people think they are right now. Uh, quick one here. Are, the, are the, the Niners the best team in the NFL and it's like not even close right now? Because Brock Purdy, the MVP conversation, for me, he's the leader because everybody's like, oh, but look at the weapons he's got. But he's not like he's checked down Charlie. Like this guy is hucking the ball down the field. I think his yards yeah. per attempt is 
if he wins, the MVP would be the most by an MVP since Kurt Warner, another guy who was, you know, nobody thought anything of. Like, are they yeah. by far and away the best team for you? Or do you think that the Cowboys are still kind of in that mix and and the Ravens are still kind of in that mix? Like, where do they rank for you? The Ravens are close, but I, I don't think that they have the explosiveness of the 49ers. I think that's, they're far and away the best team. And it would be shocking to me if they don't win the Super Bowl, if they don't end up taking it all. And I think it's an all around great team. And I'm not in the Brock. I don't think Brock Purdy is the MVP. I think, I think Debo might be more valuable to that team than, than people are letting on. We never got a chance to see what Sam Darnold could do. Uh, Not that Sam Darnold would have done with Brock Purdy. And I don't want to discredit Brock Purdy because he's playing really well. But I think that the it, the balance of the team and the overall and the whole the, the whole thing that's every everything that's going on with the 49ers like they're they just got the vibe like everything about them's good. I think that and again I really think because MLB screwed over the rest of the league that the 49ers have taken it up for the Giants and for all for all sportsmen everywhere uh to go out there and just be a good team that's not in LA or New York. I know that this is a weird theory, but uh, no, they're the best team. I don't, I don't think it's particularly close. I think the Cowboys are a nice story, but I don't think the Cowboys could go into Levi stadium and win a ball game. Well, they've proven that they can't already <laughs> this year. So, I mean, and that one wasn't particularly close either. Uh, rank, you're always the best. Appreciate your time, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. And do you have any other uh, predictions that are off the board for this week that we need to know about before we uh, get started? Nothing outlandish. I do. I do. Why? Hey, but you know what? We've seen these rookie quarterbacks or uninspiring quarterbacks come in and win games. So don't be shocked when Easton stick leads the chargers to a victory on Thursday night against the Raiders. I don't know why people are backing the Raiders. So I'm like the Raiders, they They scored nothing against they're terrible. They stink. Uh, that's it. There's nothing, nothing outlandish this week. That's the only one. I I, I got, I like the prediction. Uh, thanks again for your time, buddy. Always appreciate it. And we'll chat next week. You got it. Thank you so much. There he goes. Adam Rank from the NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. When we come back, he's the guy who's been everywhere. The fedora-wearing Italian stallion agent, as his client says, Sean Stilato, founder of SES Sports, agent for Giants QB Tommy DeVito, NFC Player of the Week. I might add Tommy DeVito. Uh, he'll join me next when we come back on the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Back after this. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your podcasts. We don't need to list them. You know where you get your podcast. And we appreciate that you get us on the podcast. Pleased to be joined on the line. He's been a very busy man on TV with his fedora. Getting a kiss from Tommy DeVito's old man. It's been a whirlwind, and we're very happy that he's been able to take some time out for us today. Sean Stilato, founder of SES Sports, agent for Giants QB, Tommy DeVito. Uh, firstly, Sean, how are you? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fantastic. I was just telling one of your coworkers, no, no rest for the weary. Um, but, you know, you look, you build your career, you work, you, you know, 
tail off in this industry for moments like this to see your client, uh, you know, get a, uh, you know, player of the week for the NFC and two minute winning a first two minute uh, drive to win the game. Uh, just surreal. All the other stuff that happened around it is, you know, it was fun, but uh, you know, I'm just so happy for my client. Uh, I do want to get to your induction into the National American Sports Hall of Fame in a second um, because that's that's quite the honor as well. Let, let's talk about about Tommy and everything that's gone on. Like this has been a whirlwind few weeks for this young man. Uh, he's you know he's the first Giants QB to go three and one in their first four starts since Danny Cannell. So it's been a long time coming. Um, he's been I'm sure pulled in all sorts of different directions because you know you see him pop up on you know doing stuff with uh, with Cooge from uh, in. Instagram and he's, you know, talking about his favorite Italian meals, all this stuff. What are the conversations like with him? Like, he seems like a really grounded individual. And I'm sure in these moments you have to be, especially because this has all come very quickly and, and maybe unexpectedly this soon. But what are your conversations like with him? How often do you talk to him? Like, and what are, what are you saying to him in these moments? You know, obviously, you know, we look at what Tom Brady in his early years, and I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but he was locked in and um, I know it's a different era with, uh, you know, this tech savvy era we're in with social media. Um, but he's, he knows like, this is an opinion based business. Um, you know, he knows he went undrafted and it's, you know, you, you play with a chip on your shoulder um, and he's, he's locked in one game at a time. Obviously he's very appreciative to the support, but he's never forgot his roots where he came from. And, um, you know, he's walking into mom and dad's house every night, which is, which is great because uh, there's a lot of moral support there on the highs and the lows. And um, it's just a testament how he was raised. And, you know, who would want to play for Coach Gable? I mean, he's quarterback guru and such a story franchise, uh, your hometown team. So the stars are aligning, but we know, you know, he's got another tough task uh, Sunday in New Orleans. Yeah, he certainly does. And, you know, it, you know, with everything that's come his way, I'm glad you brought up the fact because people want to joke about, ah, he lives at home with his mom and she does his laundry and she does, you know, makes his dinner and all this other stuff. But there are probably a lot of guys that would like that same sort of comfort knowing that everything is taken care of. Listen, I am of Italian descent as well. And I didn't move out of my parents' house until I was like 28 years old. So I appreciated that. And now I hate that I have to do all the stuff that she did, but for him in such a high profile job, it is definitely different, but that's got to take a huge weight off his shoulder. It's like, I know that I'm going to be taken care of, when I go home, I have to not worry about anything. I can just do my job. How much of that has had an effect on him and, and, and his success early on? Because it's just football right now. Yeah, you know what? It, it is. He's locked in. And I think, you know, obviously, Tommy was an Elite 11 quarterback. Tommy was a dark horse for the Heisman Trophy in 2018. Tommy went out to the Oregon Open and outperformed Tour. And Trevor was the MVP of that camp. So it's not like this is an overnight thing. I mean, obviously, the Syracuse thing, you know, a lot of players go to programs, whether it's political, whether it's injuries, um, you know, whether it's system, system and schemes or timing. Um, but he went out to Illinois, comprehended a new book, and then, you know, led them and, and won with them. And, uh, you know, I stood on the table draft day, 2018, slammed the door in our faces. And, you know, I understand it's an opinion-based business, but – I knew the traits on this kid, his ability to process, his, his arm strength, his hand size, you know, those intermediate throws. I mean, I really feel like he hasn't even scratched the surface yet. Uh, granted, the four spots, great experience. We're in a parity-driven league. 
but um, he's ready to continue to you know work, continue to get better, continue to get coached and develop. That's how greatness happens, and I'm I'm looking forward to you know obviously being there right on his hip, um, and continue to to build his brand and assist him on and off the field. Sean Stilato, founder of SES Sports, agent for Giants QB, Tommy DeVito, joining Matt Marchese here on the Fan Checkdown. So, so take me back to when you're bringing on Tommy as a client. Like, what was the, what made it a good fit for you? Because there are there are players that you know everybody says, oh well, an agent will take anybody. Well, no, that's not necessarily the case for you. What was what kind of brought you? Like, what was the magnet? that brought you to Tommy and, and why has this worked out so well, this relationship between the two of you? You know, Tommy from day one and I, my, the title of my book, No Backing Down, uh, has been the mantra of my life, my entire life. Um, the backbone of and the root of any success I've had is my family, my Italian heritage. My, my wife is absolutely amazing. Uh, my kids and my mom and dad. Um, Tommy, we share the same passions. We have a lot in common with regards to you know, our families, our Italian heritage, our roots. And let's face it, we like a little bling and we like to dress. So <laughs> that, that's a little. But I just think from day one, he knows, you know, what you see is what you get with me. You know, there's no sugarcoating. Um, I like the guys like Tommy. I like the underdogs because I can relate to them. Um, I've had second and third round picks. But, you know, some of these guys have everyone, you know, those guys that are going high, they got everyone telling them everything they want to hear. Um, you know, and I, I have a strong faith. Tommy has a strong faith. Um, and, and that's a big part of our makeup. Um, and I think the rest of that is just, hey, you take a leap of faith and um, you look yourself in the mirror and, and you ask yourself, are you better than you were yesterday? And, you know, that's kind of the movie we watched. And, um, yeah, we appreciate each other. And uh, I'm just looking forward to just continuing to build this thing with him um, and, and watching him evolve as a as a player and as a brand for sure. Um, so you talked about the family aspect and you know, that everybody, you know, there was the pictures and the videos of the tailgate with all that food. Like everybody looks and goes, Oh my God, that's a lot of food. I was like, ah, that's Christmas dinner for an Italian family. Like that's, that's very normal for us. All that food with all the leftovers. But the one thing that, and I, and I say that jokingly as well, but the one thing that, that I thought of in that moment was this is why people love Tommy DeVito because he's relatable. He's the underdog story. He's the every man's athlete because he lives at home with his parents and his mom makes the home cooked meals. And it's a very, like you can relate to not only Tommy, who's an elite athlete and playing at the highest level that anyone could ever play at, but also it, you can see that the love of the family, you can see that um, how much it means to him. And and that part to me is why I I feel like not only because of the success he's had on the field with the hometown team, but also that people can just relate to the guy and relate to the family. And I feel like that's so important for this story in particular. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, we're in times right now uh, in Jersey, you know, New York, this uh, close to 40 million people. I mean, that underdog gritty, uh, family dynamic is very important and it, it is relatable. Um, and I think it's almost, you know, a lot of, you know, the earlier generations were brought up on the, those Sunday dinners and dining together and just the traditions. And that's something I think is sacred with them. And I think it's just, you know, there's an aura about that family. Um, they've got so much passion. They haven't forget, forgot where they came from. And, um, 
you know, they're, they're bringing they give, they're bringing a lot of hope into households too. Uh, let's face it, sports teaches us all lessons. It speaks a language we all understand, um, and it brings people together. You know, and, and on triumph, on disappointment, um, it's it's just a beautiful. Uh, you know, synergy and beautiful opportunity for, you know, people to just continue to learn more about him and how he's wired and, you know, how he hasn't forgot where he's came from and how the Patriot, uh, excuse me, how the, the the family is a big, important dynamic of that. And, and they're doing it a bit on tailgate. It's just a, it's a special moment. It's, it's like magic. Yeah, it really is. Um, just, just on, uh, one more thing on, on Tommy, the, the person and the, and the player and everything that's going on right now, like, when you talk to him, does he still feel, and I'm sure you do in a way as well, like feel like this is very surreal at this point because, you know, not a lot of undrafted quarterbacks get an opportunity to play, period, let alone as a rookie. He comes in in a massive market with a, a legacy franchise, has this success. Like, how, how, what's going on in his brain? Because I can't imagine that this is like, you know, this is not run of the mill type stuff either. It's, it's, being pulled in every which way and staying grounded in the moment. Has it set in like for him that this is absolutely real, even everything that's going on outside, or is it like you said, just locked in on football and yeah, I'll do the other stuff. But my, my priority here is to win football games for the New York giants. And that's what matters. Yeah. I mean, it is, that's, that's his priority. You said it better than anything. He's not out running around doing everything. He's got a couple of appearances, but um, you know, he knows he controls that market. And the, the fact of the matter is, He's all about winning football games. He's all about being a leader. You know, he is, you know, look at the quarterback. He's, he's one of the generals of that team. And he knows he's got to continue to, you know, step up the, the occasion and the task each week. And, uh, you know, his intellect and his being a student of the game and his film study and preparation are a huge part of his makeup. But like I stressed before, this kid has prepared his entire life for this moment. This isn't like, okay, he hit some speed bumps and, you know, whatever, like I said, I don't want to get into the detail with Syracuse, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, he's prepared, he's ready and he's locked in and I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a great start. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about you and the last few days for you because I mean we all saw the the videos online. We all and it, and it's great. I loved every second of it. And what what's the last three days been like for you? Like I know you've been getting a ton of calls. I've seen you've done a bun, bunch of interviews, and I greatly appreciate that you've jumped on with me today. Have you gotten calls from prospective clients? Like, how is this done for not only you personally with all, you know, with all the the airtime and stuff like that, but also like for your business, because that's part of it as well. And I'm not saying that you're doing it because that's what this is about, but has there been like kind of a a windfall for you in terms of like, I'm getting calls from people, like they want me to rep them. Like, how has it been in that regard as well? You know, and it's, you know, with regards to the phone calls, yeah, the phone calls and text messages have been off the charts, but now, I have, as I stressed, I've, as an athlete, I was 120%. My former teammates used to call me, you know, work ethic like Jerry Rice and Walter Payton. I haven't changed an ounce of how I prepare and how I approach and how I hustle. Um, in terms of clients, you know, I did sign a couple kids I'm really excited with. I think I would literally carbon copies of Tommy, not quarterbacks for the 24 draft. Um, a couple guys before all this broke, I came in second. You know, it's funny, I was. Uh, uh, on Friday of last week, a kid I thought I had 
locked up. Uh, I, I'm still a little surprised. Hopefully, seeing everything is second guessing his decision. But no, you know what? I have no control over that. I know my guys. Uh, you know, they, they believe in me. I believe in them. And guys that really want to get, the, you know, the first class service and going to have someone that's going to get it done for them and not blow smoke. Uh, that's uh, I'm, I'm their guy. Um, and I know God has placed the right angelic brothers into my life that I can represent. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, actions speak louder than words. And uh, I'm excited where SES Sports is going. And I guess we'll see, you know, 24 drafts. We've still got, you know, several days till that's going to happen. So uh, whatever happens, I, I feel confident, you know, on the two gentlemen that I got on the bus uh, for 24 uh, are going to be dark horses and involved and, We'll be having a conversation similar in a year. I certainly hope so. Uh, a couple more before we let you go, because I know you're a very busy man. Um, I wanted to ask you just about what the allure was to getting into the agency business. You're a former player yourself, um, and and you have that background as well, which I'm that must be a great help to you as well. But also, you know, was it just you know another way to be involved in the game for you, or was there something else that you really enjoyed about the agency business? I just think, you know, I'm a football guy and it was either going to be coaching and it was going to be the business side of things. And I, I saw the movie Jerry Maguire and I loved it. And um, our list was something I watched in college. And, you know, I just said, hey, um, if, if honestly, if I could still be playing boys, I still would be. I would have ran it like Tom Brady did. Um, I, I still train. I still stay in shape. I'm still very active and close to the game. But in terms of the agent side of things, it's my bliss. It's my passion. Um, I'm a football guy through and through. You know, the Hall of Fames are obviously great for my family and they're humbling. I mean, the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame is pretty, pretty special because I'm so proud of the heritage and it's just crazy. Coincidentally, it's happening this week and, you know, after what just happened on Monday Night Football. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a cutthroat business. It's up and down. Um, but it's, it's my passion. You know, I love working for my guys. I love delivering for my guys and, uh, it's very fulfilling. It sure is. Uh, you talk about the, the national Italian American sports hall of fame, uh, induction this weekend in Chicago. I understand that your parents are going to be there, which is fantastic. And I, you know, you look at the, cause some people will look and go, Oh, okay, whatever. And then you look at the names that are there and I'm just going to rhyme off a few because this is the company that you're in. We're talking about Rocky Marciano, Jake LaMotta, Primo Carnero, who goes back to the days like my grandfather knew him in Italy. So that's that's my connection with that. Joe DiMaggio, Vince Lombardi, Dan Marino, Joe Montana. Like it's a it's a who's who of athletes and people involved in sport. And you get to go in there this week and have your family there. Like how special is that honor for you? Because you talk about the Italian heritage and, and I joke about Italian heritage cause you know, it's fun and, and we can joke about certain things and how we talk with our hands and the food we eat and all that great stuff. But it really does mean something. And, and I'm very happy that you came on uh, just to even talk about just that part of your life and how it's kind of brought you to this point here. Yeah, you know, I'm so humbled uh, beyond words um, with this honor. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a dad of four amazing daughters, uh, my Gianna, Sophia, Bella, Julieta, Sienna, Sicily, my wife, Krista. She's, she's my best friend. She's, um, she stands shoulder to shoulder with me, um, it's, you know, and, I, and I'm blessed that she, she's really helped me evolve. Uh, my mom and dad are, they've been married 62 years. Uh, they, they're on a choo-choo train heading to Chicago. I mean, um, 
it's just my ancestors came before me. I mean, it's like, you know, they, my grandfather Pasquale, my grandmother Letizia, I mean, they came on SS Conopic. I mean, uh, two different boats, but $14 to my grandfather's name. I mean, they, the American dream, it's, you know, he, he grinded in the shoe manufacturing business and he didn't have the, the luxury to find a, a career that fulfilled him, but he had a work ethic that was passed down and that, which is my greatest asset. Um, being able to preserve their legacies, you know, my grandmother was, um, she was like a second mother, you know, live with me. Um, it's just, I don't know. It brings me to tears and gets me emotional. Um, but I'm just, uh, you know, I'm all for the, the, the underdog, man. And all these kids that have dreams, all these young Italian American kids, it, it's, it's there, it's possible. Um, I was one of those kids that just dreamed so friggin' big and was neglected and told I was too small, too short, not the smartest. I didn't hit the ovarian lottery, but I had something that, you know, money can never buy. Love and support and family was on backbone. And um, I, I put such a premium on premium on family. And I, and I know um, that means a lot to my dad, too, because um, he lost his dad to leukemia at a, at a, a long, young age. And that's something that, you know, I always tell him we're stealing moments together. And um, I just never want this movie to end, but just want, as long as they're here, I want them to, be proud. I guess that's as a, as a, as a dad, as a son, you know, your legacy is your children and your loved ones and your family, right? Certainly is. Um, that, that story is something that a lot of people can relate to, uh, son, uh, sons and daughters of immigrants. Um, my grandparents did the same trek with nothing to their name. Um, and they built a, a pretty cool life for the rest of us here. So I can relate to that. And, and I appreciate that. You're giving me chills here, Sean. Uh, I have to ask you this before we go. Uh, because you're entrenched in the Italian culture, as we know. Two things. One, the cutlets, with sauce or without sauce? And then what is your favorite Italian meal? You know, I'm going to go with cutlets with sauce. Good choice. Favorite Italian meal. I mean, I absolutely love my wife's cutlets, and I love, I love, uh, oh, man. There's so many to choose from. There is. I, I I love my lasagna. I, um, but I'm, I might have to. I don't know. I got to go with my wife's cutlets. Good choice. I, I, I got, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> my late grandmother made some tenacious, unbelievable meatballs. But uh, I, I, you know, I eat a ton of fish, and uh, when I cheat, I cheat. So, um, but I definitely like a good pizza too. So, I'm, um, but all good. Sean, you are my favorite type of person because you named everything that I love. Uh, and Nonna's cooking is always, you got to be careful. If she's, uh, my, if my Nonna was listening, I didn't say her cooking. I get in a lot of trouble. Uh, Sean, listen, <laughs> thank you so much for taking some time for me today. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, best wishes uh, this weekend. Looking forward to that for you. And uh, lots of success for not only yourself, but your client, Tommy DeVito. It's been a great story. And, uh, and thanks a lot for sharing your, your insight into it. No, my pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on. Make sure, you know, tag me in some posts. I'll make sure I pass it along because I, I, I really enjoyed this interview and my time with you guys. And hopefully uh, hopefully, I'll get up to Canada or I'll see you guys in uh, Radio Row, maybe uh, Super Bowl. You've always got an invite on this show, pal. Thank you very much. Uh, all the best, guys. God bless. Bye-bye. There you go. Sean Stilato, founder of SES Sports, agent for Giants QB, Tommy DeVito, NFC Player of the Week. You know who else is player of the week? Zach Wilson in the AFC. It just kind of goes to show what this season has been like. And 
as much as we want to see the stars, because you don't like to see Justin Herbert get hurt. You don't like to see uh, Joe Burrow get hurt. Like nobody wants to miss out on the stars. But when the stars get hurt, it provides an opportunity for a guy like Tommy DeVito to make an impact, to have a moment that maybe he never would have gotten otherwise. And sometimes, whether it be in sports, whether it be in your job, whatever the case may be, sometimes you just need an opportunity. And Tommy DeVito has not only taken that opportunity, but he's taken it and run with it. Three and one as the starter for the New York Giants. And we all made the jokes. Tommy DeVito was running for his life when he came in for Tyrod Taylor. He wasn't supposed to be there. And yet now we look at it and say the New York Giants are just one game away from a playoff spot. One win out from a playoff spot. These are the stories that make sports fun. These are the stories that you will remember forever. Everybody remembers Jeremy Lin and Lin Sanity. This feels like it's kind of got that same type of moment here. This lasting impact that if Tommy DeVito makes 50 starts the rest of his career, or he makes five starts the rest of his career, we're all going to remember this. We're all going to remember the lasting image of Sean Stilato on the sidelines with his fedora, calling whoever with his bling on his wrist getting a kiss from Tommy DeVito's old man after they kicked the game-winning field goal. This is why you watch sports. These are the moments that you remember forever. These are the moments why I tell people who don't like sports, I don't understand how you don't like sports because it is the best reality TV out there, bar none. Thanks to Adam Rank from the NFL Network, our weekly hit with him. Thanks to Sean Stilato, SES Sports founder, agent for Giants QB, Tommy DeVito. Thanks to Lance behind the glass. Thanks to Daniele Franceschi for making that interview happen. We'll be back tomorrow to preview that horrible Thursday nighter. Talk to you then.